The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. So you may have heard we were on TV for 29 hours on Tuesday, which is why you're getting that show today. It was a TV version now baked into an audio podcast. And the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is sponsored by ADT. What does real protection mean for our listeners? You can get all the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you. You get 18,000 employees, 18,000 safeguarding you with connection to first responders. You get the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can get a secure smart home with everything from video doorbells, indoor and outdoor cameras, smart locks and lights, all of it controlled from the ADT app or the sound of your voice. You can get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. You can get a custom you get a system custom designed to fit your home, large or small. You can get safety on the go in the car or when their kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Welcome into the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast on television, and there is a 0% chance that anything will go wrong. Field Yates, Matthew Berry, Stefania Bell. That's right. Nearly 24 hours in. How's the energy? Feel good. I really? feel good. I feel good. I haven't look said okay. anything that will get me fired. Look, I look okay in general. Right. This right. is my look. How long have we worked together? I think this is too long. This is, and this is, this is what, this is what America does to be cruel to me. They put me next to you, young, handsome Field Yates. It's, it's outrageous. What's I'm that design? Forget the, the no, af- but like, afterthought. No one compares to me. Uh, <laughs> no one, no one expects me to look better next to you. I'm just, but another dude, like, it's just, Whatever, whatever. I've been up for a long time. You know what? I'm old. Take the it is what it is. Off. It's fine. Yeah, that's okay. No one's yeah, going to by that. You are? I will 100% do you're that. You're a fantasy football legend. That's true. I'm a husband, dad, fantasy football legend. Fantasylife.com. Well, the hello, Stefania Bell. How are you holding up so far? I'm me taking it off. In. You're doing great. Let me know when I've got to do something. <laughs> yep. Nothing important from you I'm today. holding up well until, you know. He's stinky. I know. You do smell right here. We've got a big show coming up. Again, are no fun. This is our podcast just on television. Things will probably go off the rails quickly if they haven't already. I was just going to say, what do we, you think we are? We are previewing two AFC North teams today, the Cleveland Browns yes, and sir. the Pittsburgh Steelers, perhaps the co-favorites in the division. A lot of buzz about the playoffs in Cleveland this year. And a big part of that is, of course, the quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Matthew Berry, yes, you, ha- you declared last night Josh Jacobs for the Oakland Raiders to be your ride or die. Part My fantasy ride or die. Is it possible that Baker Mayfield was amongst those also considered? 100%. Like, I, my first choice actually was Baker Mayfield. I thought it might be a little bit too obvious. I mean, look, last year, quarterback 16, quarterback 20 on a points per game basis. But we saw, we saw moments of brilliance there, especially once Freddie Kitchens took over that offense. From that point forward, he was a top 10 fantasy quarterback, right? He, he, uh, he was, uh, he had, he averaged over four, uh, 4.75 deep completions per game. That led the NFL. He had a 52.1% completion percentage on deep passes, fifth best in the NFL. And why does all that matter? Why am I talking about his completion percentage and his accuracy down the field? Because, oh, by the way, they just added Odell Beckham Jr., one of the best Heard of him, deep right? wide yeah. receivers in the NFL. Just look, again, this is loosey-goosey math, but the year after 
Eli Manning got Odell Beckham Jr. From the year, you know, the very first year he had Odell Beckham Jr., he scored 100 more fantasy points. In he 12 games. Right, he and that was Beckham's rookie year. Sure. And you give 100 more points to Baker Mayfield, he's a top five fantasy quarterback. Did you know that injuries played a part in Baker Mayfield's role last year? Because yeah. when Tyrod Taylor got hurt, that's when Correct. we saw Baker Mayfield come in. And that's, I think, when people started to catch on and say, hey, he could really, he could really take over this team you, and do can something. Can you believe like how it. dumb that is, by the way? Hey, we're going to, we, we spent the number one overall pick on this guy. Let's roll out Tyrod Taylor and the fact that they didn't give Baker Mayfield any first-team reps. You understand that Hugh Jackson had the same number of wins during his second-to-last season with the Browns as you and I did as NFL head coaches? I mean, look, yeah. Let's not forget that after that week when he led them decision. to the comeback win, he still was not locked in for the job the following Well, week. now he's locked <laughs> in. Buckles the mine. Anyway, there, yeah. it, there's a, been a changing of the guard, not only, uh, you know, in the front office at, in Cleveland, new head coach, Freddie Kitchens. And I think this is important because last year in the preseason, he was behind Tyrod Taylor, right? And so now he comes in, and there's a huge difference, Field, and you know this from having worked in front offices in the NFL. There's a huge difference knowing you're the guy. Baker Mayfield entered the offseason knowing he is the guy. Freddie Kitchens is the play caller that he wanted. They added Todd Munkin, who's a very smart offensive mind as well. But this offense was designed around Baker Mayfield, what he does well, putting in the plays and the packages that make him comfortable. We are always going to preach patience in terms of drafting a quarterback, but you did see where Matthew has Baker Mayfield lined up amongst his top ten. He's got him at quarterback five. Him at quarterback seven. His average draft position right now is quarterback four. He's a player, though, that might even crawl further up the rankings with the moving the target show. on Andrew Luck's return amongst other quarterback question marks right now. And everybody By wants- the way, that's a big rise, by the way, to quarterback four. Like, sure, he was going yeah. as, like, quarterback seven, and, like, so the hype continues to build on him. And honestly, so these these rankings were done before the marathon. They had to be locked in for graphics and everything like that. Baker Mayfield will jump Andrew Luck for me with, when, as we hear more news about his injury. Uh, an incredible amount of talent surrounding him. He's a functional runner. We didn't see much of it last season. I was season. just going to say, I think you're going to see more. He's going to have more confidence now. I think you're going to see an opportunity for him to even have designed runs. Well, to that point, five rushing touchdowns each of the three seasons at Oklahoma. right? And we didn't see much of rushing from him last year. I think that I think that's a good point. I think that's a, a skill set that we'll see more of this year. We'll get into the entire complement of pass catchers, but there might be some odd men out. The one player we know without question will be the focal point of this Cleveland Browns offense is New York – Oh, he's not a giant. <laughs> no. No, he's not. They, so they didn't sign him to not trade him? Odell Beckham Jr. is now a Cleveland Brown. The move that rocked the football world in March of this offseason. He was traded. You guys know the story there. No longer a giant. Now a Cleveland Brown. No longer blonde hair. He's got a traditional do back. Matthew, I've heard you say this before on the Adam Schefter podcast and amongst other places. You think that Odell Beckham Jr., there is at least a scenario where you could have the best fantasy football season Ever by a wide receiver? That's within the realm of possibilities for him. Yeah. We know how good Odell Beckham Jr. is since he entered the NFL in 2014, averaging over 20 fantasy points per game, 20.4. Only Antonio Brown is better over that stretch on a points-per-game basis. So he's fantastic, right? And he's played with Eli Manning. Like, in all due respect to Eli Manning, like, at the, at the, towards the tail way. end of Eli Manning's career, I believe Odell Beckham Jr. enters this season 
and he's going to play with the best quarterback of his career. Yep. And we just talked about all the accuracy numbers downfield. And so you've got a fantasy-friendly offense. You've got a quarterback who not only loves to chuck it deep, but is extremely accurate when it when it gets down there. And so Odell Beckham Jr. coming in, they're going. They're going. Obviously, look, he's a target monster. He's always has been, uh, as it will. But you know, you think about what Odell Beckham could do in this offense in a high-flying offense, especially with other weapons around like Jarvis Landry, like David Njoku, like Rashard Higgins, like the run game. Nick Chubb is going to set up play action so beautifully for this offense. Look, I have Odell Beckham Jr. as my number three wide receiver. I have him ahead of Julio and Michael Thomas, as you see there on your screen. But it's certainly within the realm of possibility. I'm not saying it's likely, but it's within the realm of possibility that not only does he finish as the number one wide receiver in fantasy, but he literally has the best fantasy wide receiver season of all time. That's within his skill set and possibility given this offense and quarterback. He is being drafted fifth amongst wide receivers right now, the back end of the first round in 10-team leagues in a lot of cases. You mentioned him at wide receiver three. I've got him at wide receiver five. One thing I'll say, though, this year... It's the health issue, though, well, right? Well, well, I was just going to say is there's kind of six guys that can make the case as wide receiver one this year, the five players that you saw on Matthew's list... And Tyree Kill as well. Stefania, though, any concerns and about honestly, what happened if someone wanted to throw year. in Juju Smith-Schuster, I wouldn't argue with that. A lot of anyway. options there. There has to be because you have to look at a player's history. You can't ignore that. And you've got the fact that he started his career late because of an injury sure. that he had coming into the league. And that's why, you know, he wowed everyone with what he could do that rookie season despite missing the first four games. 2017 missed 12 games because of the ankle injury and surgery. And last year ended his season with a quad injury that he carried into OTAs and minicamp. So to think to completely ignore the fact that he could miss games, I think would be wrong. That being said, the talent probably outweighs the risk for him. I, there's one stat that I absolutely love. Thirsty Kyle dug this up. So last year, Baker Mayfield, 11th in the NFL in touchdown percentage. Okay. Eli Manning, 31st. And again, Eli Manning, 31st with Odell Beckham Jr. on his team. Baker Mayfield, 11th as a rookie without Beckham and coming into a system midway through the season. And so. Decided it's edge. one of the reasons. Decided edge. One of the reasons why I'm so high on Baker and Beckham. Beckham not only goes to Cleveland, he reunites with his best friend, his college teammate at LSU, sure. Jarvis Landry, who last year was a target monster for the Browns. How much does this diminish the value, though, of Jarvis Landry having again his best friend with him on the field? Fantasy wise, significantly. Mm, it, interesting. It, it it drops it significantly. Look, Jarvis Landry's fantasy value has always come. From volume, and this is a guy that had the sixth highest target share in 2018, over 26%. And now, obviously, we know Odell Beckham Jr. is going to command a significant target share. Okay, um, his red zone. First off, the change in offense didn't help him. Right. So uh, under Freddie Kitchens, his red zone target share went from 54% to 14%. So hmm. a significant drop in terms of red zone production. And in fact. In the in every year that Odell Beckham Jr. has played at least 12 games, none of his teammates that are wide receivers or tight ends have ever averaged even 60 receiving yards a game. Like he's never had one teammate. Ball hog, huh? I think it's somewhat that. I think it's teammate. somewhat quarterback play and, and the offense. But my point is, is that Jarvis Landry is not a big touchdown scorer. He needs volume for fantasy production. I just don't see him getting it in Cleveland with Njoku, with Nick Chubb wanting to run the ball a lot. Richard Higgins is going to get some love. It's, and so much is going to go to Beckham here. He's currently, uh, his, he's currently going, you know, much, much higher at wide receiver 25. I'm at wide receiver 33. Last year, of course, 
wide receiver 27 on a points-per-game basis. Yeah, I'm more optimistic so. for a few reasons. First of all, Baker Mayfield, you just played out why he is, sure. at this point, he's seemingly just a little bit better than Eli Manning, uh, who Odell Beckham previously played with. Also, Jarvis Landry is better than anybody else that I think that Odell has played. Now, certainly in different stages of his career, early in his career, Odell played with some talented wide receivers, but Jarvis Landry is still a player that right now is in the prime of his career. Wouldn't be surprised if the numbers that you mentioned, the never having averaged 60-plus yards in a game, for a teammate of Odell's, vanish this year. And, and Odell's going to draw a lot of attention, you know, and that may help open things up for Jarvis Landry. So I have it wide receiver 31. You have it wide receiver 21. Yeah. Split the difference. I say Jarvis Landry is not a top 25 fantasy wide receiver this season. Okay, so, I, again, I have to do the math here. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure, like, don't I want to have His a ADP is extra? 25. Okay, so, but you I have, have 21. 21. You've got him at 33. 33. Splitting the difference closer to 27. <laughs> You want to do 27? Not big on math. I understand it, yes. But I say Jarvis Landry is a top 27 wide receiver in 2019. I say Jarvis Landry is not a top 25 wide receiver. Put it on the board. Too bad bad you guys got the numbers different. He said 25, you said 27. We just said 27. 27. 27. We We both said 27. We're we're going to check the tape, but either way, it's fine. (laughs) I'm at 33. I'm at the outside top 30 wide receiver. Coming up, the breakout above Nick Chubb. How high will he soar in year two in Cleveland? You're terrible at hashtag improv. Hi there. You're very attractive, but you look like you could use some help with your fantasy football team. So you know what? I'm inviting you to check out the fantasy show on ESPN+. You know, we provide the best fantasy advice. Christian McCaffrey finishes the 2018 season as the number one running back in fantasy. But he should absolutely outproduce his ADP. I like him in the second half as a breakout. With the most knowledgeable guests. Oh, hey, Mike Clay. All right, Teddy. Field Yates. Lou Riddick. Always a pleasure, my friend. In a way you've never seen before. Who'd you take number one overall in fantasy? Have you lost your damn mind? Careful where you're drumming there. As your nipple glasses clearly demonstrate. Free Aaron Jones. Let the bum hate flow through you. Are you drunk on syrup? It's National Waffle Day, Matthew. We only do the deep cuts here. Practice safe sacks. Lady on bell. What a fantasy game he is having. So what are you waiting for? Tune into the Fantasy Show with Matthew Berry all season long, streaming exclusively on ESPN+. We have well, fun. We certainly do. Welcome back to the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast on TV. Thank you for hanging out with us, Field Yates, Matthew Berry, who you just saw, and Stefania. We call her Star, Star Fania Bell. Fania Bell, absolutely. Talking all things Cleveland Browns and eventually the Pittsburgh Steelers. We now turn our attention to the backfield and at least... For the first eight games of this season, the workhorse in the Cleveland backfield is clear. It's Nick Chubb, a player who saw his stock rise meteorically during the second half of last season. Yeah, I mean, you say for at least the first eight games, and I know you're saying because Kareem Hunt's or at back, least, but right, at yeah. least, but I can't imagine, barring an injury, that Nick Chubb gives up a significant portion of this game, mm. I, uh, this, this role. I mean, from weeks 7 to 17, week 7 on, he had seven different games with 18 or more carries, tied Ezekiel Elliott for the most such games over that stretch. A true workhorse here. Like, this is a guy that was a top 10 fantasy running back over the second half of the year. Like, he accounted for 77% of the Browns' rushing yards after Carlos Hyde was traded. Only Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley had higher rates over that stretch. 
a true workhorse back. And, you know, I think one of the reasons why they were comfortable getting rid of Duke Johnson is because of the confidence they have in Nick Chubb as a true three-down back. I mean, we'll, we'll see. There'll be some Dontrell Hilliard in there. We'll see what happens when Kareem Hunt comes back. But I think assuming Nick Chubb performs the way he did last year, it's hard for me to see Kareem Hunt cutting into that role significantly. So I think they sort of tie together. But out of the gates, people are wondering, how high can you go? How much of an investment can you make in Nick Chubb, Stefania, whether this is a player that maybe at the turn of the first or second round, would he be a worthwhile pick? Well, I actually think he's a great pick right there. But my concern will be... You said if, barring injury. Sure. Go back to Georgia when he had that significant knee injury, ligament damage, cartilage injury. I don't know if Nick Chubb can sustain the volume of work on that knee. We have a running back we're talking about a lot in fantasy drafts this year who, with volume of work, has had problems because of a knee. So there, Not there with is, that attitude. But, Come on, let's get some positivity <laughs> No, but I mean, here. there is I, – look, I'm here to present the facts and to, sure. to inform you so you can make an informed decision. I would still be willing to to draft him because, of course, I know I'm going to be getting so other if, folks. So if you were on the Matthew Berry side of the ledger and you believe that this is his job, not just for the first eight games, but maybe for the entirety of the season, then, Matthew, I don't think it's that crazy to be drafting him somewhere – not even like even sooner than the first round turn, right? I mean, like if you made him a top eight pick, if you believe he's going to be the guy all season, this offense is going to be excellent. This is going to be a plenty of work share. He has excellent hands. We saw that last season. I, this guy, he, he could he could um, maybe press for top five running back territory. You and I are both higher on him than the consensus. His ADP is thirteen. I'm at running back eight. You have him at running back nine. We both have him as a top ten player. We both have him as you know a first rounder or easily early in the second round, depending where wide receivers fall in your draft. Like, the only concern, that there's two knocks on Nick Chubb, right? Okay. And, and so, one is the passing game involvement, though it was worth noting, multiple catches in six of the last seven games that he played. So we saw him get yeah. a little bit more involved in the passing game, so that was helpful. Duke Johnson moving on to Houston, that's helpful, so you would expect him to be on third down more. And then the other concern, obviously, is Kareem Hunt. But I... He's got an eight-game head start. Right, but so let's get into this Kareem Hunt situation, Matthew, because in Week 10, yep. Kareem Hunt is due to return from his suspension. Arguably one of the five most talented running backs in the NFL is added to this no roster. No doubt. You really can't imagine Nick, Hunt, uh, Nick Chubb surrendering carries to Kareem Hunt here. Oh, can I, can I, can I imagine him surrendering carries? Of course I can. Can I imagine him giving up the job or this is suddenly a 50-50 time split? If Nick Chubb is crushing, no, I can't. You can't imagine a 50-50 timeshare. If Nick Chubb is crushing, no, I can't. Mm. Like, I just, I just don't, I don't think, I just don't think Freddie Kitchens all of a sudden says like, hey, listen, Nick Chubb, I know you've been absolutely dominating, but we're going to dial you back by 50%. And, yeah, I just think part of me wonders if, if they have aspirations for January, then they might be mindful of the workload. Right. I just sure. sure. I, will he? Will Kareem Hunt get work? Of course he will get sure. if he's healthy. But no, I mean you, you've got a guy that's not going to be in the facility for ten weeks. So let's get to it. To so not just what it means for for Nick Chubb, but in terms of evaluating Kareem Hunt this year, is he play, is he a player that in a ten team league on ESPN.com is worthy of a draft pick? No. I don't think so. Yeah, it's a long ways to wait. It is a long ways to wait to have him sitting on your bench for nine weeks minimum. Right. And probably week 10 as well. You're not going to play him unless Nick Chubb got hurt in week 9 and he was going to be the immediate starter. 
he's just burning a roster spot for at least 10 weeks on your, on, your, on, your, on your team. Like, that feels like a long ways to go before you get utility out of him. That being said, if, you know, if you're going to be considering him on the waiver wire, like, you better do so in, like, week five or six, because he will not be available if you wait until week 10. No, that's true. You're going to have to carry him for a long time, and so... That's the concern in an ESPN Standard League where you only have six bench spots and you're going to have to go through bye weeks and we know there'll be injuries. Like, it's tough to basically, I'm killing this for a guy that, at best, we think the best case scenario for Kareem Hunt is he plays in week 11 and is in a 50-50 time split with a healthy Nick Chubb. Like, that's the best case scenario is he's, he's in a timeshare. Really interesting. Right? Yeah, no, no question. It is a really interesting backfield to monitor. He's Plenty. a super talented player, but... Yeah, plenty there's, of talent. And there's the whole thing of if you're not participating in football activity for that many weeks because he will not be permitted to be at the facility, even though he's able to be there now, there's that adaptation and acclimation to being back in the game and practice, et cetera. So it makes Kareem Hunt a little bit riskier right when he comes out of the gate. The killer bees are now the killer bees. Coming up, we'll get into what Ben Roethlisberger's 2019 season looks like to be a QB1 in your league. Create your league during our Fantasy Football Marathon, and you and everyone in your league are eligible to win a trip to ESPN. Here in Bristol, Connecticut, you can check out the ESPN campus and watch a taping of the Fantasy Focus podcast, as well as the taping of the Fantasy Show with yours truly, Matthew Berry. A lot of dancing of me. A lot of dancing. We prefer to see it. You, you kind of cut that much of a rug at my wedding this summer. <laughs> I that did. was pretty cool. Fantasy Focus is back, and now we turn the our The only attention. difference is when I shot that, I was sober. It's a good point. That might explain a lot. You're not your wedding, not your so day. much. Yeah, well, we'll leave that Dancing one for uh, not the non-family program. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I just was there too. Courage was apparent. Uh, let's get into the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the conversation begins. Well, there are a lot of ways to go with this, but let's bring it to the quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. No Antonio Brown. Some question marks about this offense in that regard, I suppose. But how bullish are you on Ben Roethlisberger's outlook for the 2019 season? I am more bullish than I normally am, but I have him lower than I think some people would expect. The best, the third best quarterback in fantasy last year, both total points and on a points per game basis, I have him as QB 11. Look, remember this. Uh, last year, obviously, led the NFL with 42 pass attempts. It is a pass-friendly offense here. But since 2014, 35% of Big Ben's points have come from Antonio Brown. Let's pretend they, they managed to match 90%, which is a big okay. number, right? I mean, because. It's a big number. Like, yeah. right? I mean, you're hoping that number. Dante Moncrief is, you know, that Juju takes another step, Dante Moncrief. We'll talk about all those guys in a second. Vance McDonald takes a big step. Even if they do that, even if they fill 90% of Brown's production, Big Ben's points per game since 2015 would dip to 17.3. Best case, he plays all 16 games, which is no, always an issue with Ben, right? Because he gets banged okay. up. He would end with 276 fantasy points. That would be QB 14 last season. Now, included in those numbers since 2014 are the home road splits, which last year went away. So it's a little bit of loosey-goosey math. But the fact of the matter is, very simply, you take away a player the caliber of Antonio Brown, that's a loss to any offense, no matter how good Big Ben is. So, yeah, I mean, I think you have to downgrade him some. So a couple of factors that you highlighted that are good are the amount of passing yards, uh, passing attempts per game. You mentioned yes. 42.2. 
the most in the NFL. And over the past five seasons, he also leads the NFL in passing attempts per game. So this is not an outlier no, season. No, no, 100%. The other thing that was encouraging for Ben Roethlisberger last year, is remember forever it was Big Ben can't perform as capably on the road? Yeah. Right. Snap your fingers, right. that part is gone. Road splits splits are gone. Is yep. that an anomaly or is that so part of a trend? That, because I always thought that like, I never had something that I could attribute the road struggles to, that I right. thought that it was like an, a, a growing larger sample size <laughs> that was just telling me a lie. I feel like last year we saw the real version of Ben Roethlisberger on the road. I, I, I don't know. I certainly hope so. I, I think my issue is more, is he going to, Juju Smith-Schuster becomes the number one with Antonio Brown gone. Is Ben Roethlisberger going to trust in his wife? receiver the way he trusted in Antonio Brown. I I don't know. I think there might be some some issues there. I had heard and look this is this is just you know sort of rumors around. I had heard that one of their attitudes was when they go on the road they're more conservative. They just want to they want to run the ball more. They wanted to and so that was one of the reasons why Ben's road splits were the way they were. Is this a specific game plan that they wanted to try to you know, again, run the ball, play good defense, just sort of get out of there. But with no Le'Veon Bell last year, maybe they felt like they had to open it up. James Conner not as proven, you know, and, and so maybe that's why that went away. I will say, Field, that for all of our, you know, concerns about the loss of Antonio Brown, I have a QB 11, you have a QB 10. The consensus has him at QB 14. So the fantasy audience in general, much lower on him than you or I. Yeah, it seems that way. Now, there's so much quarterback depth this year that I do think that these ADPs are going to kind of move around a lot during the month of August as guys like Kyler Murray pick up some steam. Or perhaps we don't see someone like Andrew Luck throughout the preseason. He starts to slide down. But I think that Ben Roethlisberger is sort of accurately slotted for us as like a low-end QB1 just because the limiting factors are in case they do run the football more, in case AB's absence does hurt them, and in case, you know, the running is never really going to be in Ben Roethlisberger's favor, which no. guys like right. Kyler Murray scrambling, was yes, but actually but, gaining but, but, yards. This is somebody really. like relatively healthy last year, but this is somebody that has always dealt with injuries, yeah. nagging injuries throughout his yeah, career, right? He, yeah, and he takes a lot of contact. I mean, if you watch, I mean, Ben, he, he's big and he's physical, and you, his teammates appreciate that. But he takes a lot of contact, gets banged up, as you referenced, and that becomes a problem in terms of his ability to function as effective. And by the way, if there's ever like a great example of like why you wait on quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger is going as QB 14. Like, right. what? So much value <laughs> like, to be what? had. Basically going free in drafts. Like, it's so deep. The position's so deep. To committee or not to committee? Well, in the Steelers' uh, case, it's to not committee. Because for a while, it felt like maybe it was going to be James Conner plus Jalen Samuels plus Benny Snell. Like, there are a lot of talented There's some rumors out there they drafted Benny Snell right this, this year. And yet, not so much. It feels like James Conner has... I don't want to say reassumed this starting job unto himself because he never lost it. But, Matthew, what's your level of confidence that not only will James Conner have a bell cow type of role for Pittsburgh this year, but also be nearly as productive as he was last season when he was an absolute monster for them? I'm a little bit concerned. I'm still a little bit what concerned regard? that this is going to be that it's going to be a little bit more of a committee here. That 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 you will see Jalen Samuels, who, by the way, was very productive last year. Had three different games with ten or more touches, average over almost 17 fantasy points per game, 109 scrimmage yards in those three games. Like he was very productive. They drafted Benny Snell for a reason, like not just for depth. Like that's somebody who I think could be effective at the goal line. So. I understand that maybe the rumors have died down a little bit. If you ask me which running back on the Steelers winds up with most fantasy points, it's James Conner and it's not close. But do I think Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell are involved enough that it eats into his production a little bit? I am a little bit concerned. I think he's a lower-end running back one this year. Okay, well, I've got him in RB7. You've got him in RB12. The ADP so, right now amongst running backs is running back nine. So, so I'm a little lower than the consensus, yeah. I have yeah. concerns. 
You know, I think for uh, Le'Veon Bell is incredible. We talked about him plenty during this marathon, but the big playability was not quite as uh, as common on the ground. We saw that a lot from James Conner. Seven point four percent of his carries last year went for fifteen yards or more. You see, he's worth top ten running back, right? And it's worth noting that when you hear, you see my rankings here. You hear any rankings throughout the marathon. It's a fluid process. This I always do my rankings as if I had to draft today, Hmm, right? And so as Ezekiel Elliott holds out longer, he's going to slip down. I be, I'm a, I'm not buying the Andy Reid talk about Damian Williams. I believe he's going to be the true bell cow there. But if we start seeing more and more signs that it's going to be some Carlos Hyde and some Darwin Thompson, Damian Williams will slide down. So again, it's a fluid process right now. But but my biggest concern on James Conner is workload. So we don't think that he necessarily loses a ton of touches to Jalen Samuel, but also Jalen Samuel will have a role here in this offense. Uh, for those who are not totally familiar with him. A jack-of-all-trades during his time at NC State. Caught the football a ton, ran the football. Played some tight end. But the guy was sort of all over the place uh, for the Wolfpack then. We saw last year he was just a running back. He was only, Uh, but still, a very adept pass-catching running back. Despite his position eligibility on some platforms. uh, Running back He was a running back only. Last year we saw him 26 catches in 14 games as a backup back. Does he have value? Does he have value in a draft, or is he nothing more than a handcuff? But if he is a handcuff, is he as good as there is? He's, he's right up there in terms of handcuffs. I think it would be tough until we see consistent playing time to start him as a flex in a deep league or something like that. So in a standard 10- or 12-team league, I think he's merely a handcuff. Okay, yeah, something to keep an eye on is whether or not Benny Snell seems to get some run in that third preseason game, creates a three-headed monster. But for now, it is James Conner, Jalen Samuel, a very valuable handcuff going into the season. We saw it last year. Yeah. Coming up. By the way, AB is gone. The guy you need to know, Juju. He loves himself some fantasy football, and we love Juju right back. Don't let Barry convert you. Secret Squirrel Daniel Dunn. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than people realize. That never stops. Loyal Welcome back to the ESPN Fantasy Football Helpathon. We don't have all the answers to Area 51, but we do have answers to all your fantasy football questions. Joining me today, alien aficionado, Mike Clay, and fantasy expert Mike. We've got a question from Joe in Rito, Nevada. He wants to know, what are the top three wide receiver sleepers I need to be aware of? Well, look, a popular conspiracy theory is that wide receivers break out in their third year, but it's actually year two, so let's talk about some second-year wide receivers. Okay. We'll start with... A second-rounder from last year, James Washington. He's now in Pittsburgh, and, I mean, I guess there's an opening there, right? Antonio Brown's gone 161 targets gone from that offense. So expect him to have a chance to play a big role. He made some plays deep downfield last season, but not a lot of fantasy production. I think he'll get there here in 2019. Uh, The second guy would be a third-rounder last season, Michael Gallup. Again, near the top of the NFL in average depth of target last season, which means they were pushing the ball to him downfield. He's going to work opposite Amari Cooper this season, and Amari Cooper's going to be drawing a lot of those top corners. He's going to get some chances for some big plays uh, from the arm of Dak Prescott. So like him a lot. And then the third guy, how about a fourth-rounder from last season? Kiki QT. Yeah. Now, look, he had an injury in the preseason. It looks like he's going to be okay. Even if he misses a little time, though, I want him on my roster. Last season, five full games, averaged 10 targets per game, almost a 30% target share. Actually out-targeted some guy named DeAndre Hopkins in those five games. No way. I'm not saying draft him over DeAndre Hopkins, but if you can get him in the middle rounds, it could pay off big. So like QT a lot. Wow. That advice is out of this world. If you need more for ESPN, go to ESPN.com slash FFL and download the ESPN Fantasy app. 
The Fantasy Focus podcast is available every single day, live on Twitter, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, also on YouTube or the ESPN app. Go to the Watch tab. You can find us hanging out, talking fantasy football, talking about stars like Juju Smith-Schuster, who has really embraced fantasy football, endeared himself to those who would like to draft him. Hashtag and he's Team given Juju. Them plenty of good reasons to. Antonio Brown is gone. I don't want to say that stardom is ahead for Juju. He reached it last year. But Matthew, how high can he climb? He can climb very high. I, he's in the mix for wide receiver one. Not where I have my him as wide receiver six, but like if he was the first wide receiver drafted, I wouldn't look at somebody weird. I mean, this is a guy who was the eighth best wide receiver in fantasy last year with Antonio Brown there. Remember, he's got, it's all small sample size, but it's what we have to go on. He's played three career games without Antonio Brown. In those games, he scored in all three of them. Yep. He averaged 23.1 fantasy points per game, which would have Very been good. wide receiver one huh? last season. 20 receptions, 255 yards on 27 targets. 27 targets in three games, Stefania. Like last year, 26 red zone targets. Only Zach Ertz had more. We talked in the last segment about how this was one of the pass-friendliest offenses in the NFL. Big Ben led the NFL in pass attempts per game. Like, like you know, like, and there's not a lot else other than out there. There's a lot of question marks beyond Juju Smith-Schuster and Vance McDonald, who we'll talk about coming up a little bit later. But, yeah, all in on Juju this year. I know. That stat you gave about how he would have been wide receiver one in those three weeks without Antonio Brown, my favorite stat besides the one that only once last year did he go consecutive games without 100 receiving yards or a touchdown. I mean, he is going to put up points every single week. And and I don't buy the whole, oh, Antonio Brown's there, so he's going to get the number one corner and it's more defensive attention. He's certainly going to get more defensive attention. He's a special player. Like, you just watch the – like, it's not like he's a product of the system or anything. Like, he's a special player. You know, one thing we have seen on a handful of occasions is the Steelers have this passing of the torch, right? I mean, the torch has been passed throughout many players. Antonio Brown once received it from Mike Wallace. Now the chance for Juju Smith-Schuster to take it from Antonio Brown. We expect – Massive things for him this year, which is why he cracks all of our top ten wide receiver rankings. Wide receiver seven in terms of ADP right now. But the question really isn't about Juju in this Pittsburgh wide receiving group. It's about the other players in this group. Because the wide receiver two role in Pittsburgh for a long time has presented a bunch of value. First shot of it seems to be going to Dante Moncrief. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster in the number two role last year. Caught 111 balls. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and like over 1,400 yards, right, yeah, has, has seven touchdowns. So, yeah, I like Dante Moncrief, who's still just 26. Uh, look, this is somebody that has played well when he's been on the field. Uh, when he has gotten five or more targets from Andrew Luck back in the Indianapolis days, he scored in 11 of those 12 games. Look, kind of a lost season in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles, but now with another great quarterback in uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger, special wide receiver. Yeah, I like Dante Minecraft as a sleeper this year. I'm his wide receiver 39. He's being undrafted. He's free in leagues. And so, yeah, give me some Dante Moncrief, who has proven he can play at the NFL level and obviously has a good chance to be the number two wide receiver in a pass-friendly, fantasy-friendly offense. He's presented a lot of hope. <laughs> Over the years, right? Oh. For a long time, people have been saying, no, Dante Moncrief, the counterpunch to T.Y. Hilton in Indianapolis, sure. with Andrew Luck as his quarterback, gets a big contract from Jacksonville last year. 
has never seemingly lived up the expectations, Stefania, and as you have noted previously, a guy that's been in and out of the lineup as well. Right, and I think that you've seen these flashes that give you confidence in Dante Moncrief, but it hasn't been consistent. No. And I look at part of that, maybe part of that in Indianapolis was the year he was without Andrew Luck. Maybe part of it was the quarterback play in Jacksonville, but part of it certainly has been absence from the field. In the first two years of his career, he played all 16 games, but in 2016, missed uh, he missed seven games with a fractured scapula. He only played 12 games in 2017 because of an ankle injury. Has a finger injury to start. The, I mean, they're just things that keep getting in the way. So it's like I need to see that full season of him performing consistently at a high level to really buy in. And, and I get it, which is that's a reason for caution on spending a high draft pick. He's free. He's literally going undrafted. So you can't tell me he's not worth a flyer as potentially the number two offense, the number two wide receiver in an offense that threw the ball almost 700 times last year. You said potentially because there's another name of note, yeah. which is James Washington, who just two college seasons ago won the Bolitnikoff Award to the best wide receiver in college football. Second round pick last year. That has been the sweet spot for the Steelers in the draft. Mike Wallace, Juju Smith-Schuster, amongst the other players that have gone in the second round at wide receiver they've drafted. Could he be the guy that emerges? Well, of course. I mean, you never. if ever there was a team to give the benefit of the doubt in terms of developing a wide receiver, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? And so he's somebody who's shown some flashes. There was some inconsistency, though, last year. He caught under 50% of his balls, specifically 43.2% of targets. So some inconsistency there. Big Ben is not going to like that. So he's big play guy. There's lots of speed there. But rumors out of camp are that forget beating out uh, Dante Moncrief. He's not even beating out Deontay Johnson who a rookie wide receiver that the Steelers drafted this year. Yeah, it just feels like, though, that sometimes we – I don't say we overrate the preseason, but it does feel like sometimes we get a little bit fixated on a couple of flash plays for a player that makes a really positive impression or a guy that makes a really negative impression. you got to go back to the larger body of work here, which to me, I just keep an eye on James so, Washington. But, I mean, so you heard so, Mike right. – in the segment before, in the help of, Helpathon segment, you heard Mike Clay mention James Washington is one of his sleepers. I'm sitting here saying I want Dante Moncrief as one of my sleepers. I have – Moncrief ranked over James Washington. Where do you guys stand? Moncrief or Washington? You gotta pick one. Make a stand. I, I know, and I know all the hype about Moncrief, but I'm probably going with James Washington because you're risk you know averse. me. You're risk yes, averse. You know me. You're I, risk I averse. Think, look, I think Moncrief is going to get a little more out of the gate. I think James Washington is going to elevate, though. I think part of it last year there was Antonio Brown. He was really the third. So I, I think there's more opportunity. You get to, ta- you get to break the tie. Stefania, Savant, brilliant, Princeton mm-hmm. educated. Picks James Washington. I'm picking James Washington, there you too. Go. We think I'm some sort of moron. I'm alone on an island here. Coming up, it is I love you, Dante. that Matthew has been working toward all summer. It's love-hate day. We'll talk Woo-hoo. about tight ends. Matthew, tight end love-hate for the season. Mediocre fantasy advice. There you have it, the crew you normally see behind the glass. Thirsty Kyle, Secret <laughs> Squirrel, Not Cool Keith. The guys who help make it happen every single day on the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast, which of course is live streamed on Twitter. Smile, Kyle, you're on TV. Come on. <laughs> Looking sharp. There you go. They got that How tough costume. was that? Thirsty Brown? Kyle, like, I'm ready for a stat. Come on, Thirsty you know? Kyle. They got the got Homer helmets out there, the Browns and the Packers. Say, Browns, Packers, Super Bowl. You heard it from them first. <laughs> Every day, Kyle by the getting way. married this That's right. fall. That's right. Early yeah. congrats to Taking him. Taking a chapter out of Field Yates' book. 
pretty cool. Uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time every single day on Twitter. Beyond that, YouTube live every ESPN single day. channel on YouTube. That's right. Go find it. It's also There's a lot of stuff on YouTube. Fact. That's right. Uh, and <laughs> Don't finally, go down the rabbit hole. Just go to the ESPN <laughs> channel and then click out because otherwise you're there for a long time. ESPN channel on YouTube plus the ESPN app. Go to the Watch tab every day, 10 a.m. Eastern time. We look forward to having you with us in future days. It is Love Hate Day. Matthew put a tremendous amount of effort in his piece. Did I hear right? 14,000 words? Un- yes. 14,000 wow. words. words. I have not written that many words in my entire life. Matthew does it for a single assignment. Yeah. That leaves us nice. Comprehensive. Actually. Pay into, his editor more, is what I say. Give that person a raise. True. It actually tees us up nicely yeah. into the Browns and the Steelers because you have a tight end that makes your love list from Pittsburgh and then one that maybe does not in Cleveland. Tell us about Vance McDonald and why you are so Yeah, he, he is a love for me this year. I think a huge season coming here for Vance McDonald. My tight end seven, currently going as tight end ten, and he was actually going lower um, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So he's starting to rise up draft boards here. Very quietly, a top ten fantasy tight end last season. Think about the Steelers, who ranked eighth in tight end targets last year. When we talk about Antonio Brown, Jesse James also not there. So over 200 targets from the Steelers are now gone. And you think about Dante Moncrief and James Washington and all the guys we talked about in the last segment, but who does Big Ben know? Juju Smith-Schuster and Vance McDonald. Love this. So 3.8 yards per catch after first contact, third highest in the NFL. Chris Conte very well, very well aware. Why you gotta do Chris Conte like that, man? <laughs> I didn't do him like that. Vance McDonald did him like that yeah. on national television here. Last season, Roethlisberger the second highest yards per attempt when targeting a tight end. So again, I just think, and he's 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 thrown to the end zone more. Um, in the last three years than anyone else. More pass to the end zone than any other quarterback in the last three years, Big Ben. Juju's going to get a decent amount of that. Again, he had a second highest red zone targets other than Zach Ertz. But Vance McDonald, like, it's going to be a big Vance McDonald season who last year, again, 50 catches, 610 yards, four touchdowns with A.B. and Jesse James there. Matthew actually has a tattoo over here on the Mm. upper half of his arm that says, love-hate is relative. It's hate as in where they're being drafted or in a particular league. I don't, I don't love or hate players. I love or hate ADP. Right. You hate David Njoku's ADP this season. There's a lot of mouths to feed in that Cleveland offense. Could he be the odd man out? I think so. He's currently going as tight end eight. That's a little bit too rich for my blood. I'm outside the top ten here. Look, last year he averaged on a per-game basis 3.5 receptions per game. Yeah. Like, and, so, and now here comes Odell Beckham Jr. And so I just don't see him getting consistent volume as well. Weeks 13 through 17 last year, again, small sample size, that's all we got to work with. The Browns averaged a league high, an NFL high, 305 passing yards a game from week 13 on. And in those games, Njoku didn't catch more than three passes in any of those five games. Like, so they just didn't need him. Like, I, I think if I were to rank target share of the Browns, Beckham, Landry, yep. then Njoku, like, and I think you'll see some, you'll see some Higgins and you'll see some Nick Chubb out of the backfield as well. So, I don't know, for me, I'm just worried about volume. At tight end eight, I think you need a little bit more consistency there from the tight end position. All right. Well, a former Steeler, Antonio Brown, has got a helmet problem. Us? <laughs> Not so much. I am super stoked about these customized Riddell helmets for the season we've got coming our way. No, I am so excited about having my head just precision fit, <laughs> fits perfectly so good. But have you seen the designs? 
Mine is so me. Oh, it's iconic. Perfect. Yeah, I, I can't it. wait for those. I'm a little nervous about my hair. Helmet hair? Didn't they take into account the height of that? That's hair? a great question, Peter. Stefania, I know you caught up with Thad Eyed from Riddell Helmets. Talk to me about the Speedflex Precision Diamond Helmet. It's based on Riddell's Speedflex platform, which has been on the marketplace for a few years. And what's new and, and interesting is this liner system, which makes use of Riddell's precision fit technology. They actually scan the surface of players' heads and create a liner system that creates a 100% custom fit helmet for that particular player and it matches every lump, bump, and asymmetry of their head. The other thing Thad mentioned is that they're now using 3D printing to create these custom liners. They've partnered with a company in Silicon Valley called Carbon to generate these lattices to manage the impact energy the way they want it to be managed. They even make them for heads as big as yours with that big old brain you got? I know you're just teasing me, Daniel. Huge thanks to the team from Nadell to come out here to Bristol to get a set of our customized helmets. These aren't them, but we cannot wait to see the final results. It is time now for the big reveal here on the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Thanks to Riddell for their hard work. Let's see him, guys. Let's what see do you it. Custom helmets. Oh, Very cool. Oh, all right. Look at this. So I got SB in the 49ers. With thing. a wine glass and oh, the that's Golden so Gate Bridge. Good. That's pretty nice. Yeah, I got a secret, secret squirrel. squirrel with the Lions logo with the beard, which is fantastic. State of Michigan. Yeah, right that's there. right. Yeah. With a beard. Proud graduate you? of Wesleyan, Wesleyan University. That's with right. some shells to represent oh, yeah, this Nantucket is great. and Belmont yeah. Hill. And of course, the Riddell wanted to come in during my vacation. They're like, oh, can you come in and do this? It was my vacation. Like, I'm not leaving my family to do this thing. And, of course, no. I wouldn't come to another time. But it's fine. Stefania oh, wouldn't right. come. Matthew, Stefania's hold on. like, oh, I'm going to get you a helmet. Matthew, oh, I made sure we're going to get you a helmet. They rearranged it for Stefania, but not for me. Yeah, I, got a for I got a helmet. I got a helmet. brought you a helmet. Oh, that's right. what you use in high school, right? That's amazing. How about that? Try it on. Right, let's see. Can you catch it on This is going backwards. Put it on the right way. You know, when, back when I played, they didn't have laces. Every day, they didn't have laces. YouTube, ESPN app. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the camaraderie of the other bikers, a band of brothers, always there for you, rain or shine, to the amazing savings you get with Geico on your motorcycle insurance and accessories coverage all year round. But for Bucky Hornhill, it was one reason in particular. It was my helmet hair. I was born with helmet hair. I've tried to cut it a bunch of times, even buzzing it, but it immediately just goes back to helmet hair. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.